relationship goals. Awesome. How many of you guys have been enjoying this series? I've been, good, I, I have, many of you guys, man, awesome. I've been hearing some cool conversations from our different weeks, and uh, it's just so awesome. It's a good time of year to look at our relationships. I still have not posted a hashtag relationship goal, but I'm, I'm getting ready. I got to find the right picture, you know. It'll be 11 million and one if I would do it, yeah. How many of you have posted a relationship goal during this series? I challenge you. Let's do it this week. Awesome. Well, I just before we get into the message, I just want to talk about loveology. Maybe some of you don't know what it is. Uh, loveology actually means study and love, so that's pretty cool. But uh, we, we've done this, we actually have only done it one other time, but we really love relationships. We love love here at the church. We love them God's way. And one of my favorite movies is a movie called Dan in Real Life. Anybody ever seen it? And in the movie, the daughter, you know, the, the dad is trying to, like, keep the girl under wraps. And she is so frustrated because she has this boyfriend. And so she screams at her dad, you murderer of love. And I think sometimes people think that as Christians or that we're murderers of love. But we're exactly the opposite. And I just encourage you, come Wednesday night. We're going to be talking about just what it is to have a God-honoring relationship. It's for parents. It's for grandparents. It's for you if you're looking for love. It's for you if you found love, it is just for you. And I really encourage you, we're going to have, we're going to be talking about just what it looks like to have those relationships, some ways to do it. There's going to be a time for questions and answers, a panel. It is going to be great. So you don't want to miss it. And I have it on, uh, I've heard that there's a treat afterwards, but I can't tell you what it is, but it might have root beer and ice cream. So if you can figure it out, you're pretty smart. So anyway, pretty awesome. Well, these weeks we've been talking about four, uh, three things. We're on the third today. Maybe you remember them. Marriages that are Christ-centered, mission-driven, devil kicking today. Woo! And there I got the kick in. And last, next week we'll be talking about covenant keeping. And it has been so good. I hope, you know, I heard some conversations that people were having from last week. Just so, do you have a mission for your marriage? And maybe when you heard Pastor Natalie and Riley Shine, maybe you said, I, I don't know if we have one. It's a good idea. And if you need help with that, man, talk to your connect leader. Talk to one of the leaders in the church. We want to help you because you need that mission. But today we're going to be talking about something. And I'm going to try to stay semi-calm because this is a passionate topic we're going to talk about today, which is devil kicking. And uh, it, because, you know, you have an enemy. I have an enemy that wants to destroy our marriage. He wants to destroy your children. He wants to destroy your family. And he has done, uh, he's done some damage already. And we want to, I want to turn that around. You want to turn that around. And we want the damage to go to him and his plans. Amen. So we're going to look at that. You know, we lived in a house. Most of you have heard this story, but I, I like this story. Uh, my husband and my son, Gino, who I think is up in the booth, they are security they love security. They love house security. They're always checking things. They And we lived at a house on a hill up on High Crest, and it had a lot of entrance points. I think when I counted, we had one, two, three, four, five, six different entrance, seven different entrance points on the top floor. And we had at least two or three on the bottom floor. And so Pastor C would go and, you know, check all the doors every night. And Gino was in his early teens, I think, when we were living there. And he kind of took that on himself. He made sure that all the doors were, were closed, that we were safe. And uh, that, that's a great thing. It's security. And, you know, many times we'll work hard to make sure that our natural homes have security, have, you know, the new ring system, you know. 
But many times in our marriages, in our families, we don't realize we're leaving doors wide open for the enemy to come in and do what he does best, which is steal from you, kill, and ultimately destroy what is God's. How many, how many know that? And we have to be aware of that. You know, Paul talked about it in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. He said, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies, that's quite a word, of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world. Wow. You know, you and I have to understand that and never forget we have a spiritual enemy. Never forget it. And he hates God. And guess what? He hates everything that matters to God. And guess what? You and your life matter to God. So that means automatically you are on his radar as someone that he hates, and he is out to absolutely destroy. And you know, I was thinking about this because as we go through, Steve and I are going to be sharing some different things, but you know, we have Freedom Weekends or Encounters as we used to call them, and we would talk to people about how the enemy loves to come in and ravage your life. And you know, when you become a Christian, legally, uh, the blood of Jesus has been applied to your life, you're forgiven of your sins, and basically, it's kind of like a no trespassing sign for the enemy. But guess what? There are different ways that we can reopen doors that cause a place where the enemy can come in. And I want to just give you really fast five ways that the enemy tries to come in. And, and I want to encourage you, as we go through this message, what's our, what's our goal? Our goal is actually preventing the enemy before he comes in and steals your lunch. Being preventive. God gives us those, those weapons that are, you know, we're, we're on the offense. And then when he comes in and you have something, then you can be on the defense too. We have weapons. We have both kinds of weapons. But there's five different places. One is disobedience, just sin. Good old sin opens the door. Good, not good old sin, horrible old sin opens the door for the enemy. Unforgiveness. We're talking about that a little bit. Pastor Steve was talking about thankfulness. You know, when you have unforgiveness, it leaves the door wide open. When you have a trauma that happens, you know, sometimes traumatic things happen in our life or have happened in our life in the past, and it leaves an entrance point. You know, if you came from a family where there was divorce or where there was a lot of abuse, it leaves an entrance point, and you have to process that in a godly way so that that door gets slammed shut. There's words, vows, inner vows, and things that we speak or have been spoken over us that leave a place for the enemy to come in. And last, there's generational curses. Maybe you came from a family where there was a lot of addiction. Maybe you came from a family where the way everybody solved things was with anger. Maybe you came from a family where, you know, you, you didn't see a, a, a mom and dad working together and solving issues. Then that leaves a place where the enemy can come in. And I just want to encourage you. We're going to give you some tools. But guess what? You have to get, I, I was thinking of the word feisty. You have to get intense. You have to want a life that is guarded by the Holy Spirit and by the blood of Jesus so that the enemy can't come in. And it's something that we have to take so seriously. Uh, I, I was thinking that there's ways we can be preventive by being aware of the enemy's tactics, by checking the doors, as I just said. And one last one, I think by having really honest communication, asking for help, and we're going to talk more about that as we go on. But right now, Pastor Steve's going to share a little bit more about the enemy. I noticed in your last point it said, <clears throat> uh, be offensive with honest communication, <laughs> asking for help. Well, uh, <laughs> What Kim is meaning by that is be on the offense by be proactively talking things through. Yeah. Uh, many people, uh, many marriages, there's these 800-pound uh, gorillas on the couch. 
those things that no one will, will mention because it's a hot point button uh, for one of the spouses or the children. Uh, that's one of my tests of relationship is if you have a lot of hot points that if I touch them, you close off from me, then I know you're not a faithful friend. Yeah. Wow. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, I want you to be honest, Pastor Steve. I'm not going to be, but I really appreciate it if you would be. No, that's, that's a one-way street. That's right. not healthy. And so in, and by being offensive doesn't mean you try to offend your mate. It means you take the, the offense uh, in, in, under the theme of devil kicking yeah. to say uh, communication in the team is really important. Yeah. And if we can't talk, we're dysfunctional. Yes. It's a mouthful. Don't, don't shout me down. If we can't talk, we're dysfunctional. Yeah. If we can't talk about things, yeah. we're dysfunctional. Yeah. And, and so uh, in that kind of a dysfunctional relationship, the winner is always the one that, that loves the least. Mm. Because, see, they always have the power to just slam the door, not going to talk, not going to be flexible. So... Uh, you know, we want devil-kicking relationships, and that always uh, necessitates being on the offensive with our speech. We, yeah. we talk things out, yeah, and we work so them out. Good. The next thing that I wanted to do is then, uh, well, I actually stepped into Kim's area by bringing on that, but now we'll get into what I'm supposed to talk about. Uh, remember that your spouse <laughs> is not your enemy. Your enemy is not your spouse. Your enemy is the devil, okay? So you know, one of the, the things that happens in, in marriage and relationships, uh, children are a great grow-up, aren't they? How many found out that when, even when you're, when you're married and you don't have kids yet, I call that married singles? You can still go on dates. You can still grab one <laughs> night, night bag and, and head off for a weekend. Then when you start having three babies, you're packing, no one's having fun until they hit 18. <laughs> so it's a, it's a major case of wake the heck up, you know, uh, having children. And so God has these tricky ways to just get people innocently thinking they're going to get one thing and they get another. And so uh, I, I, I love the whole thing of, of how we're, we're matured by having children, we're matured by being, being married. But sometimes what happens is <clears throat> when, when your spouse uh, tends to uh, be confronting your idolatry, your sins, your hang-ups, especially if you're really overcome with demonic uh, habit habits in your life, uh, like, uh, like drinking, uh, someone whose mate is saying, you know, you're, you're destroying the family by your drunkenness, your drinking, you know, and then, uh, you know, you're the enemy, you're the problem. No, they're not, they're not the problem. Right. Your drinking's the problem. And so it's easy to say my, my spouse is my enemy yeah. when the, in, in truth your spouse is your best friend. Yeah. That your enemy is all of those, those shallow people that, that just grin and, and, and just excuse your addictions, mm. excuse your, your, your uh, shallowness and your um, whatever, badness. The devil, dysfunction, the devil 
uh, is your enemy. Whatever God blesses, Satan curses. That's why Satan hates unsaved people's marriages. Satan hates families. He he doesn't just hate Christian families. He hates anybody because all things that were ordered by God will lead back to God. And if you destroy things that lead back to God, then you've you've really destroyed the road home. And so if you look at, at what Satan is trying to do, even right now, this craziness called the Equality Act, uh, they're, they're trying to just, it, it destroys women's sports. It just elevates the LGBTQ community, on and on and on and on. Where's it coming from? Is, is this man doing it? Well, Satan's using man, but it's coming right from the heart of Satan to go against that which God loves. God loves marriage. He loves family. He loves being able to not be sexually confused, right. whether you're a little boy or a little girl or kind of in between. Hmm. And so, so whatever God blesses, Satan curses, whatever God uh, loves, the devil hates. Uh, Craig Rochelle said this, if you ever find yourself struggling in a relationship, you're frustrated, you're angry, you're afraid, you're resentful, you're hurting, you're losing trust. Remember, your spouse is not your enemy. You're fighting against spiritual forces of this dark world, scheming to hurt you. You know, for for decades in America, even when we planted the church here in 1982, it was a different world. It was was a still very much uh, America was... Uh, highly influenced by our Christian background. Closer. What's that? I need you to hold the mic. Closer. Okay. Was, what, what, can I see the sign? Hold Kim closer. <laughs> oh, Mike. <laughs> where, where, Mike. Now, where's Mike? Uh, let's just call this thing down and go get, let's just go get some pizza. What do you guys say, huh? Okay. Even when we planted the church years ago, uh, it was, it was easier society. I never thought I'd see a day when people didn't know if you're a boy or a girl. Never thought I'd see a day where if, if you tell someone the truth, it's considered hate speech yeah. on and on and on. So it's going to take courage to just say, we're going to tell the truth, no matter if we do jail time, county time, uh, the liberalized churches deny us, it, no matter what. See, our, our pledge to honesty is to be in the spiritual warfare. And we're in it now, baby, it's on. This, this is not the pretend one, this is the real one. And so I'm glad to be in it. But so during the good old years, quote unquote, Many Christians didn't think that spiritual warfare was that bad. You know, well, you know, society isn't that bad. What's going on in, in, in some uh, cases in education is not that bad. Ah, you know, you're a little bit over the top, Pastor Steve, in your vigilance and your desire for people to walk holy, to uh, come into call together and get trained on how to be married, and your insistence that people should be at every service they can be, on and on and on. We, oftentimes, we've been mocked over the years. 
And, and, and I'm not here to, to cry about being mocked. I'm here to tell you that uh, if anything, uh, what's going on now validates yeah. my, my vigilance. Because think of, think of what, what you would do if you heard that this hardened killer was getting out of prison on a, on a legal uh, situation. They couldn't, they, technicality, they couldn't keep him. And his goal is to be released from prison and come and get you. He's coming out of prison. He's going to leave Salem this afternoon by 3 o'clock. And I'm not talking about Riley Amon, my son-in-law. Uh, <laughs> and he's coming to get you. He's coming and he will get whatever weapons he needs to bring you down, whatever tools and whatever strategy. Now, if you're like most of us, what you would do is you'd say, listen, okay, I'm telling my friends, okay, I've got a threat in my life. I need your backup. They're <laughs> different. My friends have lots of weapons and, and, and guns and ammunition. You know, I've got a machete. You know, but all of a sudden, I'm going to probably put in a, a, an alarm system. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to uh, make sure that we we do things to uh, maybe replace uh, windows that are that are glass with <laughs> barricades. We're going to do our best to repel the invader, and and yet that's what Satan is. Yeah. Satan is that invader. He's always wanted to steal your kids. He's always wanted to steal your marriage. He's always wanted to, to bring you into the three-point plan of how, how efficient Satan is to kill, to steal, and destroy. That's all that Satan comes to do. He never comes in to edify, build you up, and affirm. He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. And why would you, as Kim was teaching, why would you give legal entrance to the devil by participating in it? And so we, we find out that uh, Peter said this when it comes to our enemy in 1 Peter 5, 8. Uh, Stay alert. Watch out for, your great, for our great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Therefore, we, we should be watching out. We should stay alert because Satan seeks to take you out. He seeks to take your marriage out. And, and watch this. The devil never announces his attack. The devil never announces his attack. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do just a switcheroo here. This is why bloody get honest with your conversation. How are you doing? I'm doing fine, Pasty. When, 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 when I can tell you're about ready to blow up your marriage with a porno addiction. I'm okay. You want to talk about it? No, I don't want to talk about it. Let me just say this. Your mouth is the basis whereby you open the door to, to, to divine change. Closing your mouth can be an open door to demonic oppression. And so, so what happens is many, many times when, when, when something's a, really a mess, then you find out that the person said, well, I've been struggling, but I didn't want to tell anyone. Yeah. Really? Yeah. You thought it would be better to hold this angst and destroy your children, your wife, people that you love, or your husband? Let me just say this. There's times to talk. Times to talk. 
And there's times that to, 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 to really trust the system. Do we really believe that our connect guys and girls are pastors? I do. The Bible does. The Holy Spirit does. Do you? Just saying. Now, the devil often attacks with distractions and seductions. So, Kim, it's your turn. Tag. Yeah, this stuff's heavy. Really is. You know, I think part of the reason, if you sense a little passion in us, is we've been pastoring for almost 40 years. And we have a really, I'll tell you two things. One thing we're super happy about this church, because we're very vigilant. And because, we, and because God, we're, we're trying to do it according to the pattern, we have such a low divorce rate in this church. We have such strong marriages. On, we have families that are staying intact, and we are excited about that. But let me just tell you, that doesn't happen by accident. It happens on purpose. And why there's a lot of passion is because we've watched, we've seen the wreckage. Have you ever come on, on an accident, a car accident, when people are just shattered? Well, we've been there with lives that have been shattered. And that's why we are so excited about the preventive things to help. Man, the devil, he, he's, he's beatable if you're aware. He's beatable if you're humble. He's beatable if you communicate and you get people around you that are on your team. You know, if I'm in a mess, I don't care. I'm not worrying about gossip. I'm not worrying. I'm worrying about getting well. And I'm just telling you, that's the spirit with which we're coming at this. And the enemy will come. You know, that, the first area, and we're, we have to rush through now because we're, we're both so excited, we're, but we want to get through this material. He comes with distractions. Solomon talks in, Sol- in Song of Solomon's 2, 14 and 15. He says, catch for us the little foxes that, that ruin the vineyards, the vineyards that are in bloom. I was trying to do some research on it, and one of the things I'm not, that they said is that the little foxes will come and kind of knock the blossoms off. And you know, if the blossoms get knocked off, no fruit. And so we have to guard against those little things, those little distractions, you know. They're, it, it's, they're seemingly harmless things. Steve's going to talk about the, in a minute, uh, we're going to go quick. We're both kind of going slow. But some of the things that we look at and go, oh, those are the things that will destroy marriage. But it's the little stuff. It's those things that get in there and you just, pretty soon you're not, you're not, you're not doing those dates. You're not, you're not keeping the love fresh. You're getting distracted by the world. You're getting distracted by money. You're getting distracted by just things, little, little nitpicky things. Like whether the toilet paper roll is, you know, get it, just get two rolls of toilet paper if you can't figure it out. Put two hangers on the wall, one for you. Or get those ones that are that are standing up and it doesn't matter. It goes both directions. Don't ruin your marriage over stupid stuff. <laughs> Ew, honey, that was unnecessary. That was unnecessary information. But it could work. So consider it. But those, you know, those little things and um, Pastor Steve's going to go in. Do you, want, do you want to go through this next one, or do you want me to go quickly through, or do you want to go? What do you want to do? Can you go quick? No, I you to go quick. You want to take it? The, the, I'm, I, I did my distraction when I went fast. Okay. Wow. I can't believe how fast she went. I'm just thinking here, and like she goes, I'm done. I'm, we I was, have five. We have, we have a short amount of time. You okay. Speed now. Okay, I'm going to sound like a robot if I speed. <laughs> the next thing is seductions. And uh, this is the part that everybody's heart starts racing. This is the uh, mature audience uh, stuff. But 60% of divorces cite pornography as a contributing factor. 
uh, a number of years ago, we were doing some joint meetings with uh, a, a church, and and so uh, one of the one of the guys in one of the bands, uh, one day we found out his wife left him, and and uh, and asking uh, the, the the pastor of the church what happened, they said, well, his wife had been married, and her husband before <clears throat> had a porno addiction. She said she'd never live with that again. And our friend uh, was seen with pornography on the computer. She tells him, we're through. Do you want to counsel? No, I don't want to counsel. We're through. She is wounded by pornography. (coughs) Pornography is full out uh, sin, my friends. Pornography is having sex with an image. And let me tell you something. Most images, whether it's of men or women that are, are, are presented in pornography, your mate and you cannot compete with them. You can't compete with fantasies, right. okay? Some of you are not going to listen, and you're going to do your own thing. But I want to tell you something. That's why I don't like a whole lot of, like, gaming, because it's, it's, it's tied up in the fantasy realm. And so, so all, all these young guys and, and girls, they've got like a, a, an alternate life. Let me just say this. God wants people to wake up and smell the coffee, not live in the virtual world of yeah. fake belief. And, and so, so, but right now, uh, I'm, I'm speaking of pornography, uh, how dangerous it is. 60% say it's a factor of why they need to be done with someone. Uh, Paul said in Ephesians 5, 3, but among you, there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity. Okay? You know, (laughs) every one of these things we could do a series on. Wow. So what is even a hint of sexual immorality? Well, how about lying to your spouse and cheating on them? Would that be a hint? That'd be a loud hint, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sex outside of marriage or, affair, uh, or an affair. Looking at porn occasionally. Watching so- soft porn on a Netflix show. Not everything that's on Netflix or Hulu or Amazon Prime or this one or that one. I think Netflix is the one that dedicated a whole section for, uh, you know, transgender and, and homosexual relationship, love stuff. You know, is, is, is entertainment your idol? Well, you know, for the sake of entertainment, I'll just drop my standards. Really? Is that going to sound good on the day of judgment? Well, yeah, of course. You don't have to keep the standards because it was entertainment. No, you're going to be held accountable. Dressing inappropriately to get attention. We, we have a lot of really good sisters here that they, they, when young girls come in, they're flagging and they're wearing stuff that's kind of short on the bottom and short on the top and, and all kinds of stuff. They'll round them up and just say, that's not appropriate for a woman of God. Not appropriate for a human, but especially not for a woman of God. See? If you don't want to be paid for, for being a harlot, then don't dress like one. Pastor Steve talking. This isn't the Bible. It's me. Tell me how I raise my kids. This is what built our family. Amen. Okay. Uh, Having uh, an inappropriate conversation with someone. 
don't you be pouring out your heart about intimate details of your marriage or someone that you're not married to. There, there's, there's no, no, no man needs to hear how, you know, you're trying to hold on to your failing marriage. That's just an invitation for an affair. Uh, posting inappropriate photos. Sometimes people even that attend joy, they, they put stuff on here. You go, dude, that's like on the realm of soft porn. Flirting with a coworker. Well, that's not really that bad. I do that all the time, huh, baby? <laughs> Listen, God said not even a hint. Slam the door shut, no cracks. We're devil kicking. See, kicking is with a spirit. See, that's tapping. But this is kicking. When you got an old, mean, ugly dog trying to bite your brother or something, <laughs> and you take a swipe at its head, that's kicking. I know how to kick the devil, and I've seen people go through the motions. I were kicking down the devil. No, no, no. There's violence in this. There's got to be violence where you don't think the devil is going to pay one of your checks. You're not going to let the devil take one of your kids. You're not going to let him steal your business. You're not going to let him steal your nation. You're not going to just let Satan take over because he, he wants us. Yeah, he wants us. Wow. Yeah. This is powerful stuff. I hope, you know, I was thinking in, 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 the, in the prayer room, and I'm going to kind of go through the last, and we're going to pray. The words that came to my mind, and I mentioned it in the prayer room, is don't settle don't settle for just the same old, same old in your marriage. God wants your marriages to be fantastic. He wants you to love each other and have great intimacy and all those things. But he wants it not just for you, but because you're going to have an effect on other people. Because there's a world that needs Jesus and they need the example of great marriages. And so there's a reason we do this. And so you avoid the line. You know, we have a thing in our marriage. We know where each other are all the time. We have like a 15, 20-minute rule. That doesn't mean I call him every 15 minutes. We just know. He knows my schedule. I know his. I don't go out. You will never see me out with another man except my sons. I'm not going to be out. You know, we're careful. We're super careful. We're careful in our youth group about having the, you know, the guys. and we, We are careful. We're careful in our ministry. Why? Because not even a hint. We didn't write this. God did. Because he understands that when you play with fire, it can destroy. And one of the things that as we go into this kind of in the end, you know, there's two extremes of people as you listen to this. There's the person that goes, ah, you guys are a little extreme. And I just want to say, don't get proud. Pride goes before a fall. And the other group says, I'm already, I've already botched it so much. I'm so in a mess in these areas that I, there's just no hope. There's always hope. There's always a way of escape. And I just want to tell you, there's answers. There are people that want to pray with you and help you. There are classes that we have. We want to help you build a great message. But you got to get an attitude. you got to want it. I was thinking about our marriage, and I was thinking about raising our kids, and we are passionate about it. This is not something that gets a little bit of our attention. It gets our our heart and our soul because God put us on this earth to build marriages and families that mirror his kingdom and mirror his relationship with us. And that takes a passion. And so you got to, you don't get any more time. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that was good. Want to do it one more time? Yeah. 
And can I tell you this? This is something that I didn't, you know, Pastor Craig Rochelle, we watched some of his stuff, and we didn't know that he did the same thing. But I can tell you one of the things Steve and I have rehearsed, and it gets me emotional. When we got married and we talked about purity, and we talked about being only for each other, and we talked about not getting involved, not in, just in things that would, could destroy our life, we talked about this. We both said we were going to envision what it would look like to have to look at each other in the eye and say, guess what? I wasn't faithful. I slipped up. I did this. To look in the eyes of our four children and say we preached one thing but we lived another. To look in the eyes of God. And you know, we, why would we do that? To put a little bit of a strong preventive now let me tell you this, if that's happened, if you've already, maybe you've been through that, God's grace is abundant to forgive and to heal. But let me just tell you this, with forgiveness, then he says, now get some new, new tools and let's not do that again. Let's guard our marriages. Let's build. You know, I, I can honestly tell you, I, you know, we, have, we love each other and we work at our marriage. We've been married almost 40 years. And you have to make decisions at every season that you're going you're gonna to stay fresh in your relationship. We talk about if it starts getting stale. Yeah, we're not quite, you know, because we want to keep fresh. He's my main squeeze. I love him. There's no one on earth I'd rather spend time with than him. Still. There is none. There's no other excuse. The main and only. And so I am just encouraging you. Man, answer this question. And we're going to pray in a minute. Here's a really good question. Where, and we talk about this, where are we currently vulnerable in our marriage? Where are we currently vulnerable to the enemy's attack? Maybe in the sexual area, everything's all covered. Awesome. Maybe it's one of those distractions Maybe it's a weakness in your area. Maybe, maybe you struggle with in the area of money. Maybe you struggle in the area of honesty. Maybe you struggle. Maybe communication. Maybe you just can't open up. Man, get some help. Get some help. We have people that will help you. We have mentor couples. Your marriage is, there is no marriage too far gone for God to not bring healing and restoration I am a product of that. My parents were in the divorce court when I was six months old. My dad had already been divorced, had five children. And God came into his life. He rededicated his life, and he went after it to have his marriage restored. Let me just tell you this. God loves marriage. As much as Satan hates you, God loves you more. But you have to get passionate, and you have to want this. Wives, you might be tempted to criticize or gossip or resent. Take that energy and turn it into encouragement and prayer. Pray for that man. That's what Steve says. And if I say, we're having a fight, I go, I'm going to pray about this. No, no, don't pray. He already knows what's going to happen. And let me just say this to you men. We love you. Your wives love you. Fight for your marriage. You can watch WW, whatever that is. You know, you can do all kinds of cool things and be, you know, really macho at the gym. But are you macho in your family? Do you love your wife? Do you love your daughters? Are you passionate? Wives, do you put that energy? Let me just tell you this. Do you know why there's passion? Because I believe that God has put us on the earth to make a difference. 
And one of the greatest ways we make a difference is in our families. It's being that couple in the neighborhood that people know they actually love each other. They see you sitting down to the dinner table. That's why I said fighting for your marriage is just as much doing positive things, maybe more. Don't wait for the destruction when you have to put it all together. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings, guys, because I actually really love you. But I'm just telling you, fight. Wives, fight. Fight fair in the spirit. But fight. <clears throat> How many of you know that we could probably be talking till about two. Got to end it. Message is not over. Our time's run out, but message is not over. Pastor Steve, I want to be strong in spiritual warfare. So do I. So I love my wife. Uh, I want to be, uh, you know, a tremendous man of God. So do I. So I pay my bills. Sometimes we think that that being this tremendous Christian is this weird, magical mystery tour. No, it's not. It's being there, looking at your kids, loving on them. Had a great weekend with, with George. We got some good food. We worked on some projects together. The house was empty except George and Kim and I. And uh, I told Kim, I said, I want this to be the Love George week. Well, he's not your biological son. No, he's not. He was, to he was given to me by God to love and pour into. So what's your big strategy? Um, scream at him when he's dumb because he's 16. And he would tell you from time to time he does dumb stuff. Equal to the dumb stuff I do at 66. But love is being there. It's not being perfect. It's being there. Saying, I'm not, I'm going to be like dad, father God. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Can't do it. Message is not over. We're going to take a, a moment and that is to just, um, give every person who came into this place who hasn't given your heart to Jesus, we want you to be able to join God. We use that term join God at joy because God's done everything he can do to join you. Sent the son, laid his life down, given you the freedom to have eternal life, opportunity. God's tried to join you and you have to say, I need God. I, I'm not all that in a bag of chips. I'm a sinner. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. Forgive me, Lord. And if you will do that, you know, you can receive Jesus and be born again. 
So let's all close our eyes and bow our, our head. Right now, if you're here and you say, Pastor Steve, just hearing you and Kim talk about marriage and I never really thought that that kind of love and relationship and commitment could happen. Never thought that conventional marriage could even work. I've seen a lot of lies, a lot of hokey-dokes, a lot of immorality and pretense. But I long for real love for once in my life. I long for real love. And I need your love to save me from sin and to make me new that I can be your child. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Steve, I want to receive Jesus today, just start raising your hand all over the building if you're here. If you've not received Jesus yet, I'm looking. Help me know if anyone's raised their hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Looks like we're all believers this morning. I want to just say a quick word of prayer. I'm having a hard time speaking because of just how deep this stuff is in, in Kim and I. Lord, I pray for every man, every woman, every single woman, every single man. I pray, God, that there would be a ferocity about joy marriages. This ain't football. We do this every day. This thing of loving our wife and our husband and speaking well and believing and sacrificing together, that's not something that we do when the going is good, but we do it for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer. As much as you're a covenant God, we want to be covenant people, Lord. Help us to be devil-kicking, <laughs> Christ-centered, mission-driven. And what's the last one? Covenant and covenant-keeping marriages. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen.